0: I'm so blessed to be here. Thank you, Pastor, for opening up your house. You know, I I, I wanted to be very clear on what he wanted in this message. And the first thing that he said is, I just want people to know about the House of Prayer. And I thought, you know what? You're the first person, pastor, in the region to say, come and tell us about the ministry. And so thank you very much. I'm really blessed by you. You guys have tremendous pastors. Did you know that? (laughs) Kurt and Emily are great. I know most of the team of pastors and elders, and man, it's like the A team. It's just, <laughs> it's really pretty amazing. And I have such a heart for Greeley. I was born and grew up here in Greeley. Just a, my house is a half mile down the road here. Uh, my folks graduated from UNC. My wife, Kristen, graduated from UNC, summa cum laude, by the way, <laughs> or whatever how you pronounce that. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> Um, and it was also a, a chaplain at a business here in town, Well County Garage, for seven years. Yes, that's right. So great place. If, you, if you're in need of a new or used pre-owned vehicle from GMC Buick or Isuzu, please stop by and uh, let them know that I sent you. But I, I don't know what that'll do. That probably won't do anything. They'll probably look at you funny like, you got to drop bigger names than that to get the Emerald Service, but... But I'm so appreciative of them and for this community. I love Greeley and and I love this church. So just a a real privilege to come and share with you a little bit about the House of Prayer. Now, this is not an infomercial about the House of Prayer. I'll give you a little bit and maybe just enough that there's some entry points for you. My purpose is not so much in that, although I want to honor Pastor's request to inform you, and there will be a level of that. But I just love to bring the practical application. So I believe that the testimonies that I share are really to spur you in faith towards your own journey with the Lord and even corporately. Now, in the first service, I shared the testimony that he asked me to share about us getting a building in downtown Fort Collins. I believe that within that, there was a, a, a word for the church, and it's about faith setting the direction and wisdom ordering your steps. You're going to have to go listen to uh, the first service to, to see what I'm talking about with our journey of faith into our facility in downtown Fort Collins. Tremendous, I mean, leap of, of faith, but we're still trying to order our steps in wisdom. And so you can go check that out. That's for, for you guys. That, that was the word for the, the first service. Um, this second service, I believe there's a different word, and it's going to move towards practical application So I want to do three things. First of all, share a little bit about CHOP, Colorado House of Prayer. And yes, I do say we're going to CHOP it up when I'm talking about things. So the Colorado House of Prayer, I want to talk about taking worship on mission. And I believe that's even got practical application for you and then really being consider yourself a missionary in this society. So uh, sharing about the house and, and the mission component of it can be an invitation to participate in our missional activity because we're not a church. We're a fellowship of the churches of northern Colorado working together to steward day and night worship and prayer and the gathering of people in the different mission fields of society. And so those, those three things I'm going to do in 25 minutes, and it's going to be by the grace of God. It will really, be a move of God. You'll be like, that was a move of God that he ended on time. But I'll be good with that. So, so the house of prayer. Uh, Kristen and I have been in full-time pastoral ministry for 33 years. Our last tour was pastoring a church called Third Day in Fort Collins. Perhaps you've heard of our band. We had to bless and release them to the nations. And... Uh, Um, But I knew, even four years into planting that church in 2004, that beyond that, I I knew was coming a regional house of prayer. And uh, even though just a little semblance of it, clear, vague, didn't know what I was doing, I began to pray about a house of prayer. And then just four years ago, we stepped out of pastoring that church into this undiscovered wild country of a vision That is a house of prayer all about unifying the body of Christ and increasing worship and prayer to extraordinary levels because that's what we need. We're in this Isaiah 60 moments in our world right now. I know it's always probably been there, but I do believe it's increased the darkness that we're under that Isaiah 60 moments says the darkness has indeed covered the land and deep darkness. The people but the Lord will arise over you. How is he going to arise? He's going to arise when we arise, (laughs) when we raise up our voices in unity and in worship and prayer, God will respond to that. And so we're in that moment where I believe God has prepared a place. You can listen about just, you know, how we got into this place and what what what, what all is happening. I'll give you a little bit. But listen to that. But I wanted to give you the picture of just uh, what our, you can put that up there, our our house of prayer at 328 Remington in downtown Fort Collins. And uh, if you're in the neighborhood, please stop by. It's 328 Remington, and it's the oldest uh, church building in Fort Collins. Um, It's a place I've been praying for for like 15 years. Even when I was senior pastoring a church, I just knew, God, there's something beyond this, and I think it's there. And it's been a pretty supernatural story how God has brought us into that. We're in a rent-to-own situation, but even that is by the wisdom of God and by the miracle of God having a friend buy that so that we could rent from him until we come up with the money. So if you have $2.3 million, I'd love to talk to you afterwards. But I know it's coming. I know the money is coming on that. So, But that's kind of for the first service, the, the building aspect of it. What I want to just say in a nutshell is that We have a place where we're inviting churches to come steward a portion of time, whatever time they feel led to. Like, we have a a church in uh, Castle Rock that says we're going to come up three times a year to lead on a Friday night. I'm like, that's amazing. That's awesome. I got one in Colorado Springs. We're going to come up once a year. I got some churches in Denver that want to do that. One in Estes Park, one in Red Feather, And uh, they either come as a church or, or just their worship leader or their prayer person comes and stewards an hour within the house. Right now we're open Monday through Friday, noon to four o'clock. Uh, just those afternoon sets of just simple worship. It's usually just a person on a guitar, person on a keyboard. Oftentimes we have topics that we're praying about. We're praying for the churches. We're praying for revival. And then we have specialty groups, and I'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. Um, And then we have Friday night worship every Friday night. And then we have Wednesday nights where we're inviting churches to each take a a section of a a Wednesday night during the year. Maybe it's once, maybe it's four times, and, and leading for the whole community. So that you can experience and possibly avail yourself of other churches leading worship. Other styles and, and, and you know, other theological persuasions, whether they're Baptist or Pentecostal or Episcopalian, if they belong to Jesus, we're just like, hey, come and party with us. Let's play together. Let's actually be nice, and let's show unity, and let's increase worship and prayer, even unto 24 hours a day, six days a week. I say six days because we're taking the seventh day, and we're all going to be in our churches. And because we're not a church, we're church-based church based and, uh, you know, if we work together, we can actually accomplish something like day and night worship and prayer, which is so important to break through the darkness. We can't just smart our way through this thing. We can't just charm our way through the darkness. We can't just program our way through the darkness. We have to increase worship and prayer and unity. I'm all in on that. <laughs> and so I just invite you to participate with us, and you can check out the, the website, uh, coloradohouseofprayer.com for specific ways to be involved. And I've already talked with Pastor Kurt about, hey, could you in 2023, could you, could you take one Wednesday night and just come and lead it for the community? And he said, we're in, we're in for that. So when you hear about that, um, you know, the beauty of it is you're not just participating in that one or one and a half an hour in the evening. You're actually a part of a, a voice of churches that are being lifted to the Lord on a continual basis. And then you're also making the community available to come and participate. And so, man, I think, what, wouldn't it just be amazing if we had a place in northern Colorado where you could go there any time, day or night, and worship the Lord and connect with other believers? And we're, we have a coffee shop that we'll eventually put in there and just some amazing things. So I feel like we're about 10%. Of, of what God wants it to be, and it's really dependent upon the churches coming together to participate. So really excited about that. But what I want to do is I want to actually focus a little bit more upon the mission component to the House of Prayer. Uh, because the reason I got into this was not because I had encountered some amazing prayer group or prayer ministry. As a matter of fact, I always felt like, wow, we just really struggle in this area. So I didn't really want to turn my attention to it, but I began to be afflicted by a scripture, and I mean that in a good way. <laughs> my dwelling place is a house of prayer for all nations, and that, that kind of glance over, like, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? Oh, that's really in your heart. Oh, that's important to you? Oh, that's your heartbeat? Well, what does that mean? It began a, an inquisition of, you know, finding out what that is, and then it developed into a desire, and then it developed into a passion, and then it developed into a vision, and then it began to develop into a calling. And so um, I'm going to afflict you with the same verse today, <laughs> that his is a house of prayer for all nations. But what's interesting within that is that we kind of, there's different ways that you can hear that verse. How I first heard that verse was, It's a house of prayer for all nations. That's how I heard it. It was just like prayer and worship, prayer and worship, prayer, sit at the feet of Jesus, sit at the feet of Jesus. And then I realized he's got, no, there's two components to this thing. It's a house. So it's a generational family. You've got to be in family. God builds by families. And that's why we're church based. And then it says for all nations and realized, Oh, wait a minute. This is a missional expression. This is how God is advancing his, his mission. So Even as we've developed the pattern of this thing after David in the Old Testament, which he was a New Testament saint in Old Testament times, and it was a pattern for now, aspects of it were a pattern back then that are a pattern for now, but also for the Moravians. I began to study the Moravian revival in 1727. The Moravian Pentecost. God poured out on this little community of 600 people in Hernhut, Germany, And it was such a a powerful expression that they called it the Moravian Pentecost. And they realized, wait, this isn't just for us. This is for the world. And so they established a prayer meeting that went 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and lasted for 100 years. (laughs) Wow. A group of 600 pulled it off. I don't know how many Christians there are in northern Colorado. Let's call it 20,000. Certainly 20,000 could pull it off. I mean, I'd hate for us 20,000 to show up in heaven And we're like, wait, we just couldn't do it. And the Moravians are like, really? There were 600 of us. Come on. And we'd be like all embarrassed and it's awkward for a little while. And then we'd live happily ever after. But but I'm thinking, gosh, if we actually work together, we could do this. And then what happened is because the Moravians established 24-7 worship and prayer, they launched the first cross-cultural missions movement since the early church. Before 1700, they could not find missions organizations, people going cross-culturally, people going around the globe. But what happened is that they got so in the presence of Jesus, they got so much of the fire of God that they ended up going, i got to get out of here, i got to get out of here, i got to go to the nations. And then they, that little group of Moravians launched the first global missions movement. And so many missions organizations today have their roots in that original prayer meeting. (laughs) So I'm like, let's get our prayer on so that we go on mission to the world. So yes, yeah, come on, let's go on mission to the world. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to give you uh, just testimonies of this. To boast in anything other than to boast in the Lord and to provoke you. Because God is saying, look, the Sunday morning is no longer the main mission field of the church. Now, those days have sailed. (laughs) That that we have gone past that. That was so 80s, right? (laughs) We are now in this thing that, okay, we're here to worship and to pray. Yes, people are invited. People get saved on Sunday mornings. Praise God. But if you're thinking that you're going to reach your community by just being awesome right here, not enough. You've got to be a missionary in this society. So I catch this revelation as I'm reflecting. We had just uh, stepped down from third day. We had launched out, and I'm, metaphorically, I'm standing or sitting in a field, a foggy field, going, Okay, now what, God? We just scuttled the ship. We got out of and I'm pursuing a house of prayer, and I'm like, now where is it? And I'd see little breaks in the clouds and be like, oh, it's that way. And I felt like I just sat there for like two years as the Lord began to develop and re-envision some things that I'd been praying for for a long time. And one of the things that I believe he spoke to my heart in this, he goes, I actually want you to take music to the fields. I want you to take music to the mountains. I want to take I want you to take I want you to get the marching band and I want you to get out of here. So yes, we have a sacred place downtown Fort Collins, but we also have the marketplace. And I don't want to tell you a little little story about this. So I get this revelation of like praise and worship beyond the confines of the church building, and I said, "So, where do I go first?" And I felt like he said, "Go down to Loveland Police Station." So I go down there and I meet the police, of, uh, the police chief there, hadn't met him before, sit in his office exchanging stories, he's a sweet man, not a Christian, um, and he's still, tell me your story. So I began to explain to him that God, from Genesis to Revelation, always has a king and a priest working together in the fields of, this, of the world, on Zion, on strategic places, and he's like, okay, keep going, I'm a, I'm a little bit lost. Uh, But I'm like, okay, I'm going to do my best. You're like a king because you're a ruler in this sphere called law enforcement. Well, from Genesis to Revelation, God has always brought in two anointings together: a kingly anointing and a priestly anointing. And so God really wants me to come alongside of you in a priestly sense. Is this kind of weird? He's like, No, I'm Catholic. I'm going to get. I get this. I'm with you so far. By the end of the meeting, he goes, Wait, 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 wait. Okay. So what you want? What what you're asking for is you want. A worship service in the police station, and I was like awkward. Um, oh, I said, "Well, I was going to hit you up for it right now," but he's doing the math on it. Carry the one, King Priest. Okay, worship in the police station. I said, "Well, yeah, I kind of, I'm kind of on that journey." And he goes, "I love it. I love it. Let's get some worship on in this place. It's so dark. I don't know what else to do anyway." <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, really. Let's do this. He goes, now we're, we we just came into COVID and he goes, buildings on lockdown. It's kind of gotten crazy, but let's just meet every week until it's kind of lifted. And then let's look at having a worship service. So I'm like, that's cool. So I'm hanging with the chief of police and six months later, he gives his life to Jesus. Yeah. It was so sweet. And then six months later, we have our first worship time in the police station. It was a snowy night, a foot of snow, and we had 60 people show up, and 12 people with shofars. And I'm like, okay, let's see how this rolls. And so we get in there and we do some worship and prayer and then the chief of police he's just like let's get those shofars and let's go out into the rotunda and blast those shofars through the whole building and I'm like I hate shofars. (laughs) I don't hate them but I'm just like wow this is like he just took the the bull by the horns and just ran with it further than I even was comfortable in going so we're out in the rotunda and, and he's in the middle of them and his hands raised up and he's just like Shay let's go sound the Showfars and these shofars are going up and I'm the praise is going up. And I'm like, this is amazing. This is prayer in the marketplace. And then he unfortunately left and moved back to his hometown. And then the next chief of police came in and he got saved. <laughs> he got saved. He was the interim chief of police and he left and we prayed in a Bible believing Jesus full of the spirit chief of police. And just this week, I found out that in his office, it is a new motto for the police station. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. (laughs) It's like, that's the new motto of the police station. (laughs) So many really cool things. That's music on mission. That's prayer on mission. And the the world is hungry for it. One other thing that happened on mission is so interesting is a couple years, a year in October, two Octobers ago, um, had one of the, our state representatives call me and say, can, I meet, can you come down to the state capitol? Can you meet with me and this other pastor? And we went down there, and they said, look, this place is under such deep darkness. We don't know what else to do. I never met them. Never met them at all. But here's the state representative and her staff, and and uh, she said, we don't know what else to do except get prayer and worship into the state capitol. And I said, really? Uh, tell me more. Well... We just, we're we're out of options. We're just getting completely overrun. So we want you, would you just mobilize the state to get to the Capitol to worship and pray? So from January to May is when session is. Last year, we did prayer and worship three doors down from the Capitol. And I can't say we felt like this huge break to breakthrough type of thing, but it was good. We covered every day, all 84 days except for one, from people from all over the state. Well, when session ended... I knew that in September we were going to launch the house of prayer. And so between that and some other commitments, I was like, I don't think I'm going to do this again. And, um, I was in a, a long drive, two hour drive to Colorado Springs in September. And I felt like, okay, Lord, you got two hours to convince me otherwise. And so I got arrested. I got pulled over on the way down there. <laughs> oh, okay. Here we are. And the Lord says, you're going to do this again. And I'm like, okay. I have five requirements, you know, like I'm negotiating with the Lord, you know, like that really works. But, you know, sometimes he puts things in your heart to pray for, and then you find out that was really from him. So he tricked me. He was like, he gave me <laughs> five things to pray for. And one of them was, as I said, you know, I don't have a vision for three doors down from the Capitol. If we're going to do this again, we're going to do it in the Capitol building. Okay, that's just my, that's my terms. <laughs> and I'm sticking to him. And then the four others, well, four others checked off, check, 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 check. And I was like, okay, well, there's still the 5th, December 23rd. I had the new minority leader, of the Republican Party, call me. Can you come down to my office? So you say yes, sir, to those things. I went down there. And he goes, it's so dark, I don't know what else to do. Now, I, don't met, I had met this gentleman one time the year before. And the Lord had used it to, to minister to him. And he knew that we did prayer the, the previous session. And he said, I'm serious. We need God back in the Capitol building. And the only thing that I knew to do was to call you and offer you a desk and an office in the Capitol building. Yeah. (laughs) Is that cool or what? And I was like, wait a minute. You want me to be kind of a chaplain here at the Capitol? And he's like, yeah, we're going to get you a desk and an office. And then will you please go get the entire church and bring worship and prayer into this place? And so I'm just like, wow, Jesus, you tricked me into that prayer that now I I have to do it. (laughs) But I begin to get excited about it. And it's been a battle. And I won't go into all the details, but long and short of it is five weeks ago, five weeks ago, we did our first worship and prayer in the old Supreme Court room on the second floor of the Capitol building. And that's a God story. I mean, that's a God. God's like, I'm getting worship and prayer in this place. I'm going to pitch my tent, the Lord says, in the gates of hell itself. (laughs) And the gates of hell will not prevail against an advancing church. And so we're we're seeing where it goes. We actually did five sessions. Um, The second time we did it in the old Supreme Court room, the powers that be did not like it at all. Even though we had permission from the house minority leader, they said, you can't do this anymore. You can't do this anymore. So then the minority leader said, well, you know, I just do it in my office. So now we we do weekly worship in his office. And we'll do that through the session, and then we'll find out on the other side of it. I'm like, okay, Lord, I assume this goes on, but I'm just going to check in with you because we we need the resources. I don't have the resources right now, the funding resources to continue this on. But if he wants it, then he'll do that. (laughs) He'll fund this thing. So music on mission. I believe that the darkness that we are experiencing, God has said, you're going to sing your way out of this darkness. You need to go. Didn't I not say that the, that the gates of hell will not prevail against my church? He's like, what, are you going to sit back and look at that gate over there? Hey, look at that gate. He's like, no, the church has to advance to that gate and then park it there and then sing that thing down. And pray that thing down. Yeah, so a real aspect of the House of Prayer is that we are trying to mobilize people in all of the different spheres of society, all the different fields. I, I call it the 10 fields of society, arts, business and banking, church, education, family, government, health care, um, uh, innovation, science, technology, and justice. And to say, we, we want to bring unity in those areas, and then we want to activate the priests. We want to activate the singers, in all of these different areas, and so what I want to give to you is First Peter two and verse nine. It says, "You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood." I just want to park on that simple word. You're a royal priesthood. What is a royal priesthood? Well, hopefully you have a little bit of a context for priesthood. You're like, okay, sing, minister to the Lord, minister the word, minister to God, Holy Spirit type of stuff. But what's royal mean? Royal means, and I don't have time to go into it, royal means that you're a king and a priest. A king and a priest of what? Of a domain. You all have domains that you're a king and a priest of. If you're a young person, guess what you're a king and a priest of? Your bedroom. That's the first place you need to rule and reign. (laughs) Right, and and some of you need to do better at it, right? Well, you're all kings and priests, and then when when you are kind of like, hey, okay, I'm ruling and reigning, my own bedroom, and my grades, and school, then God says, okay, come up to the next level. Okay, now I got a job at Kmart, and I stock shelves, and God's like, you're a king, and you're a priest in Kmart stocking shelves. You are to intercede for Kmart and its customers, and you are to stock those shelves like no other stocker you've ever seen before, like perfect, 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 (laughs) and represent the kingdom well well, what does it mean to be, you know, a leader in the different fields? What does it mean to be the chief of police? It means that you are a king and a priest unto that domain. You're to intercede, you're to pray, you're to worship, and you're to make decisions and rule and, and, and lead in that domain. And so that's what a royal priesthood is in a very short, very short sense. And so, yes, we have a, a Colorado House of Prayer where we're connecting people in different fields, but this is a practical word. This is now where if you never come to the House of Prayer, you can live this out. You can be a king and a priest, a queen and a priest, uh, right where you are. If you're a mom, you're, you're, the, you're the queen and you're the priestess of your home. We'll do that. If, if you're a librarian, you've got a field. If you've got a general manager of a store, you're a king and a priest. And you, and you need to learn how to bring in the song of the Lord and the prayers of God into that domain. Now, where we come in is we want to help people connect in those spheres. So, like, we have a healthcare workers group that meets Tuesday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., at the house of prayer every week. And they're interested in building a community of, of healing that we can do better together than on our own. And they said, and this is what they've said. They said, the core of this thing is worship and prayer. I mean, these are doctors and nurses and EMTs and, and counselors. They said, we, we have to worship and pray. That's the core of this thing. As a matter of fact, if, if you know somebody that's a, a healthcare worker, I'd love to talk to them, a healing practitioner, an intercessor who's just passionate about healing. Um, we can connect you with that group. We have civic leaders that are coming together to meet. We have business leaders that are coming together. We have human trafficking groups that come and gather at the house of prayer uh, for ministry in that area. And then it's even beyond that. Not everything is at the house of prayer. It's at the Capitol. It's at Johnson's Corner. It's at House of Neighborly Service. It's, it's in every highway and byway. That's what the Lord has called us to, to rise up and to do. So I want to encourage you that uh, you are a king and a priest to discover that. Press into it. Ask the Lord, okay, I'm the priest of this school. How do I do it? How do I gather other Christians? I'm amazed, and I'll begin to close with this. I'm amazed at how many of these fields of society, Christians do not gather other Christians. Now seriously, I was talking to a teacher at a school and I said, how many other, how many other uh, Christians are in your school? Faculty, teachers. I don't know of any. Well, have you asked around? No, I haven't. So is there any type of prayer gathering in this? No. I said, well, you need to change that. You need to, this is about unity of the body and worship and prayer. Get them, gather them, pray. That's what you have to do. At the Loveland PD, we started to gather. I asked one of the sergeants, do you know any any other Christians? Well, chief now, but he's the only one. You don't know of any other Christians in the Loveland police station? Nope. Dispatch? I don't know. We don't talk about those things. We just do law enforcement. I'm like, that's not how the kingdom works. It's the king and the priest together. I said, you go find some. So they went and found some and then they started a Bible study. And now that Bible study has about 12 to 15 law enforcement people and they're praying and they're changing the culture because they're in unity. They're praying and they're worshiping and they're studying the scriptures. I think that's good. (laughs) I think that's really good. I'll give you John 17. I do not pray for these alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, and I, we are one. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe. That the world may believe. The world is looking for solutions. And as Christians are too isolated and they're quiet, they'll never see it. So not only have I seen them isolated, but I've seen them quiet. Man, it's been so tough for Christians to speak up. It takes courage. And I would encourage you, I had to get through that barrier to go into the chief of police and go, hey, I'm a priest. I mean, how awkward is that? You know, I want to do priestly worship and prayer ministry. But we need Christians to rise up and just say, I am a missionary in this society. And I am bringing the full gospel. That's the word that I feel like the Lord gave me in worship is Romans 15. The full gospel is word and deed and mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's time to take the Holy Spirit inside of us and go out into the world and bring the voice of God, bring the praise of God, bring the presence of God, bring the power of God. Missions is no longer bring them here, it's we've got to go. We have got to go. So I just want to bless you with that. I want to pray that over you. If you feel like, yeah, I need that spurring on to be a missionary in this society, whether you're a student, you're a mom, you're a a manager of a store, you're a truck driver, it doesn't matter. You've got a sphere that God wants you to be a missionary in. So Father, I just, uh, if that's you, just, you know, just lift your hands to receive that. Father, I say in the name of Jesus that you would just, even right now, just activate people a new mentality of being a missionary in this world, to being a king and a priest. Lord, if no one else stands in the gap on behalf of that business for that school, who's going to? You've you've called each person. You've placed them strategically in this society. So not only do I pray that that this family gets a house in which to, to dwell and to meet and to gather and even to minister to this society. Lord, I just pray for a renewed spirit of mission that says we are, we are anointed to go to the gates of hell itself. And we're going to pull down those gates and we're going to save souls. So Lord, just release a, a missionary fervor in this place. You don't have to go to Africa, though some are called. You don't have to go to India, though some are called. We can just go across the street. So Lord, just release that passion that fervor God to bring a full gospel i just pray for lips to be unlocked in the name of jesus unlocked unlocked father i pray for the unlocking of lips to proclaim um unlocking of of hands to anoint and to serve in the name of jesus i just pray that a wildfire is just Started here Lord just start a wildfire right here God a new boldness God I just call for a new boldness to go into these places to be your hands and your feet and your voice God a new thing God do a new thing here a new fire in this place that father it may be dark in this land but you will arise over us and then it says the Gentiles will come to us <laughs> and they'll want to know because we carry a new thing Thank you Father for this house. We just bless you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thanks for